Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller here with you on Tuesday, May 3rd, also known as the Tuesday of Kentucky Derby Week. That's right. First leg of the Triple Crown going off on Saturday, and we are getting some Kentucky Derby action here for you on Best on the Board. Very excited for the the Kentucky Derby content we have coming your way uh, this entire week. To get things started, we've got with us Rick Wolf. Rick is the SVP of Business Partnerships at Spotlight Sports Group. Those of you in my world, in the fantasy sports world, also probably know the name. You can catch him on Colton, Colton and the Wolfman excuse me, on Sirius XM every night. Rick, what's going on, man? Good to have you on the show. I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I love the Derby. I love the horses. I owned horses in the early 2000s, um, and I just think it's a, a beautiful way to lose your money. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best. One of the most. Uh, one of the most exciting ways to do so. Hopefully, we uh, we have uh, some beautiful ways to win you some money though uh, this week as we uh, get ready for this Kentucky Derby. So, Rick, on this episode, you and I were going to take a uh, a 30,000-foot view and then start zooming in as people get around to the Kentucky Derby, get themselves familiar with the field, the horses, the expectations for this year's running of the Roses. So let's just let, let's get into it here. Let's talk about the favorites at the very top of the board. We've got a trio of horses that are comfortably the betting line favorites and then a trio of horses who are in the next group before we start falling down to the rest of the field. So let's talk about the favorites and let's start things off with Zandon. Yeah, so um, you know, I think the interesting thing about Zandon, in my opinion, is that that he he did draw the best draw. So uh, the tenth slot is is historically the best spot to be in um, to be winning, and so drawing the best draw, I think, is is a, a pretty pretty important factor in uh, in Zandon. So of course, you know, trainer Ch- Chad Brown uh, there, and he came from pretty far back in uh, in the Bluegrass Stakes. So that's generally how these uh, races have to go. Because you'll see the horses from, you know, the speed horses and the horses from the early post positions. You'll probably see McDonagall and Epicenter probably go out early because they'll have to get in front from those from those low post positions. They're in post positions one and three and Zandon in post position 10. So I think that's how you'll see the race play out. You'll, you'll see Zandon settle in, you know, three horses back, four horses back and then bring it like he did in the Bluegrass Stakes uh, at the end. And, and he's the favorite for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, before the draw came out, I liked McDonagall to, to upset everybody. I thought he was perfectly positioned and, and especially if we have a mud race, he took dirt in the face at the wood Memorial and still won, um, coming back late, which you need to come back late in these longer races, like the three that are about to, uh, to make up the triple crown. Xanded coming in at three to one, as you said, the uh, the morning line favorite as of right now. Mo Donegal is at ten to one. The other horse you mentioned, Epicenter, in that post position three, he is at seven to two. And let's hit on him next. What are we looking for uh, out of him? What sort of what sort of a horse are we looking at uh, as uh, as we're getting ready for the Derby here? Yeah, well, for all of you who like to root for the underdog, um, this this horse looks good. By the way, he on Sunday he ran a five furlongs in about a minute. It was a minute one, I think. Um, and uh, but the, the 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 interesting story is the trainer, right? Uh, Steve Osmussen is Owen Owen twenty three in uh, in the Derby. He's a Texas horseman, you know. Um, he's tr- he has two horses in this race. Uh, Echo Zulu is not uh, one that I'm going to be recommending, or anybody probably should be recommending. Hmm. But Epicenter is, is for real, and uh, you know, notwithstanding, I probably think that he should be beating Zandon if if he had a, a post position in the middle. Now there is one thing and I'll, I'll, 
this might take a couple couple of seconds, but I think it's important for people to know okay. is they they now commissioned a twenty um, horse gate. So normally, if you if you don't know this, in the past there would be fifteen horses in the first gate, mm-hmm. and then there would be an auxiliary gate that held horses from sixteen to twenty. So because of that, horses they would squeeze the one and two would get squeezed up against the rail when they would take off. So you would say it was a death blow to be in the first position. But now that they have the 20 gates and they're equally spread across the track, um, the jury will still, is still out. I mean, it still could be, it still could be a death. It still could be death to be on the inside. But I think what'll happen is Fletcher will have McDonagall um, go out fast and epicenter go out fast and they'll, they'll take the post and they'll take the, the, the rail and they'll take the front at the beginning and then try to hold on. Now trying to hold on is really, really hard. It's always better to come back come come in on that last stretch. Sure. So I think it, it makes it a harder trip for them having gotten the one and three, but it's not it's not death. It's not complete death. It's a very interesting little wrinkle that uh, that we've got here because uh, it's just it, it seems almost it's crazy that it hasn't happened before that it, it took till this year for us to yeah. be looking at a 20 horse gate and not dealing with that five horse auxiliary gate. So hopefully it does end up spreading out a little bit more evenly and we don't feel totally dependent on a good draw the way that it has felt in some recent years. The third morning line favorite is Messier coming in at eight to one. He's in post position six being ridden by John Velasquez. What do we like about Messier or maybe not like about Messier in this race? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing we do like is that Velasquez is on top, who's a great jo- who's a great jockey, and of course can uh, can can take a trip that can make a horse like this win. But you know he got he got beat by Taba already. Um, he's a, he's a he's trained by the same trainer, so um, depending on which horse is better on that on that given day, they may play together. And so there's there's a lot of risk in that, and there's a lot of news that you have to look up and make sure that you're on top of. I probably won't have Messier in a lot of my in a lot of my even exotics, I okay. feel like this horse could end up finishing fifth or sixth, even though he's the he's the third uh, the third money line. And the way that he wins is he gets help from his from his stablemate, and uh, and they do a they do a run that that works out right. And Velasquez brings a trip home, a magnificent trip home. So that's a lot to depend on. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I just feel like that's a real tough one. Does have a good draw at the sixth spot? Um, I think anything between six and fifteen or fourteen. It's, it's pretty good. Being in the middle of the field is much better than being on either end. Um, but like I said, with the gates the way they are, uh, maybe not so much uh, so much of a problem. So that's what we're looking at at the top of the board, Zandon, Epicenter, and Messier. Then we've got another group of horses that come in just behind them. We've mentioned Mo Donegal. He's a 10-to-1. We've also got uh, Weta Barrio at 10-to-1. That is in post position 15. And then Taiba, who you just mentioned, he's in post position 12. He is 12-to-1. What about these horses has them uh, as potential contenders in this race? Yeah, and I mean, I think I just talked about Taiba a little bit, you know, and and jockey's a thing, right? So Mike Smith is riding him. Um, one of the most seasoned jockeys, but also an older jockey now at this point. So um, this, you know, this all depends on whether or not he can bring that trip together all on, on a single day, right? And and he beat Messier in the San, Santa Anita Derby, so he, you know, he he should be this horse should be eight to one. So you're getting good good odds with him at twelve to one, I think. You already heard me hear, talk about Mo Donegal, and it all depends on whether he can get out and hold on. I think he's the best horse in the. In the, in the field, and if he got mm-hmm. if he was in the ten post, 
I'd be I'd be telling you to put all your put your put your money on Mo Donegal. Uh, White Abaria doesn't run well outside of uh, Florida. Um, he ran once in the Kentucky Jockey Club in November and was abysmal at Churchill Downs. And every single one of his other races that he's won or done well in has been in Florida. So uh, he, he doesn't run well. We know we might have some weather. Um, mm-hmm. If there's mud, certainly um, he's he, he's not the pick. So, and we certainly can talk about the the, the mud the mud runners if you want. Like I told you, Mo, Mo Donegal uh, in the Wood Memorial took dirt in the face all the way down the yeah. the last the the last uh, uh, two furlongs, and then skipped to the outside and ran it home. So uh, he'll 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 he's one to look at in the mud. And then the only other one that has mud experience is Barber Road, who's in the 14 hole, and uh, so and a you know a huge long shot. So you get mud. Yep. Drop him in your second and third spots because Barber Barber Road has a chance to come in second or third and bring you that that real real good purse that you need when you're in your uh, exactties and triples. Yeah, exactly. Barber Road thirty to one right now uh, with Ray Gutierrez riding out of the fourteen post. Uh, and obviously, uh, Tuesday weather is not Saturday's weather, but it is a messy, sloppy day uh, at, at Churchill Downs today on this Tuesday. And uh, just speaking as someone who uh, lives in the Midwest, it's been messy and sloppy for about three weeks now running. So uh, this is uh, definitely something that we will be keeping our eye on as we uh, get closer and closer to this weekend rolling around. All right, Rick. So uh, we've talked a little bit about about good draw and bad draws. Is there anything else there uh, that we can take away from the draw from earlier this week that maybe will inform some of the plays that we make? You know, I would say let his let history be important, but not the only factor. So because of the change in the gates, I still think I'm concerned about the the sixteen to twenty posts okay. and the one to and the one to four posts. I'm still concerned about them, but I'm less concerned if the horse is great. You know, I might I might be more likely to have that. I would have I normally just dismiss the first post and dismiss 17 to 20, like just dismissed. Okay. they just never they just don't win often enough for you to include them in any of your bets. But Mo Donegal is is is, like I said, the in my belief, the best horse in this field. So uh, I will keep I will keep him in my, uh, you know, in my exactness and triples. And as we come towards it, understanding more about the gate, which we'll understand more this week as news comes out and people talk about it, uh, and we see what the real distance is between um, the rail and the and the, the first horse, and we see that it's clean, you know, then I may have a different thought about it. But keep those things in mind. Keep history in mind. There's, you know, if you just Google best starting position Kentucky Derby, you can see a chart, and it shows <laughs> you that the ten hole wins more often than than any other spot. So Zandon has to be in 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 pretty much all of your uh, or you can fade the favorite if you want in order to get better odds, but you know Zandon's likely likely to come in the money. So the, that that's where I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. There are some. I do have some. I find the Japanese horse to be really interesting. The Crown Pride um, won the won the UAE Derby. Uh, the Japanese horses are just winning everywhere. It's hard to think that a horse can come from Dubai three weeks ago three weeks ago and then win. Um, but it's also hard to just dismiss the fact that these horses are trained properly in order to be able to, to, they're winning everywhere now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I have crown pride, at, you know, in, in my, in my exactas and triples. And I'm also adding simplification into my exacts and triples as the, as the two, two sort of big long shots, uh, to come in. 
Yeah, those are a couple of uh, 21 horses, and they are in that middle part of the draw. Crown Pride uh, running out of the seventh hole, and then Simplification out of the thirty, uh, the 13th hole, <laughs> the 13th hole, excuse me, with a couple of familiar names uh, for anyone who uh, follows uh, horse racing even a little bit, Jose Ortiz and Christopher Lemaire, uh, the jockeys on those two horses. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about getting a little bit exotic here. Exactus tries supers. These are two horses, both at 20 to 1, who have you interested. Is there anyone else you can make an argument for to throw into some of those uh, exotics? Yeah, and I, I will say, like, I, I – um... I haven't been hardcore handicapping, but I, I flash handicap. I don't know if you know what that is, but basically download the card, read it, figure some stuff out, maybe bet one or two races, uh-huh. right? As opposed to, you know, before I would handicap every single race on a card in the 2000s, right? So um, I stopped playing Superfectus pretty much completely okay. because it's really like burning $20 bills. Um <laughs> Yes. You may you may as well, just light, experience on, with may as well it. just light them on fire. Um, so I think you know even when I was you know hardcore handicapping in the early 2000s, I think I maybe hit one superfecta like period. Mm. But triples are fairly common and and much easier to hit, especially if you're you're willing to play wide. And if for the audience who doesn't know what I mean by play wide, I mean you're willing to put a good number of horses into that third spot. So you kind of get a feeling of who's going to finish first and second. Maybe you move a couple long shots up into the second slot, and then you go real wide with the third spot. And when you do that, you know, it, uh, a, a triple can cost you 24 or even $48, right? But then the triples on the, the, the derby, when they come in, you know, they pay 1000 bucks. Uh-huh. So you can take your shot for $50 at $1,000 um, and play wide. And that's what I that's what I suggest for the triples, for the ex, for the exactas, you know, take the horses that you really like and then move a couple of the long shots up into the second slot, and you know, don't play as wide, you know, play you're you're going to be in the same you know, twenty four dollar range for your for your uh, exacta as well, um, you know, but have a chance to bring that one in. If a mind that bird comes in at seventy to one, you know, sorry, you're probably not going to get that one. Um, <laughs> If you really want to, if you really want to say, hey, I want the big winner, and if, if Crown Pride or Simplification happens to win this one, or I'm going to have Barber Road if it's muddy, you know, sure, but be willing to be willing to spend a good amount of money in order mm-hmm. to have your have those shots at it. Are there any other horses that are in the mix for you in in these as you as you start to think about playing things wide? Um, well, like I like I said, definitely Crown Pride and definitely Simplification. Yeah. Um, I do like charge it, um, and this is this is jockey trainer only, right? Uh, Todd Fletcher and and uh, Luis Saez. Luis Saez has been bringing in twenty to ones at at Aqueduct and and now at Belmont. He just he's on a twenty to one. That horse is finishing <laughs> third, and he, there's just something about uh, about the way he's riding right now that um, that makes me say, all right, I'm. A, Sometimes it's good to play jockey. Yeah. So, and in this case, Char- Charge It, who finished finished third behind White Abario and uh, and uh, in the Florida in the Florida Derby, finished finished third in the Florida Derby. And but you know, he's uh, he's got the right jockey on him. He's got the right trainer, and he's in the right situation, and he's going to be ready. So for him, I can bring him up into the third spot. And then the real wild card for me is Smile Happy. So, um, you know, he was he was able to uh, to be barely beat out by Zandon in the Bluegrass Stakes, and Zandon had to come from far back in order to do it. 
So to me, if Smile Happy holds on, uh, you know, he could be one who could who could stay in second or third, especially if he's with the same horse on the same trip and Zandon is passing him down the, down the final stretch. Yeah, it's a couple of 20 to ones there with Smile Happy in the fifth post position and charge it in the eighth. And like you said, right, bet the jockey, Luis Saez, as you say, on a little bit of a hot streak here. Corey Lanieri on, uh, on Smile Happy, another name that should be familiar to anyone uh, who tunes in to these uh, Triple Crown races every single year. Uh, Rick, let's wrap things up here. Um, we are uh, still here on Tuesday. Uh, I'm not going to lock you in if you uh, wake up on Friday and you say, yeah, I sort of feeling this. If you wake up on Saturday, we see if the weather is, you want to change things up. But as we are here on Tuesday, getting our uh, tickets ready, what are your thoughts right now? What's going to be the go-to ticket for you? Yeah, well, for, for me, I'm going to I'm gonna have three of the six favorites in the in the first spot. With uh, with Zandon, Epicenter, and uh, Modonigal, I think if, if Modonigal or Epicenter gets out in front, we could see them hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to be in my first spot, and then of course the second and third spot as well. Uh, and then um, I am adding Crown Pride and and Simplification, uh, and uh, Taiba, yeah, who uh, you know who who you know already beat already beat Messier, so I'm taking Messier out of the, out of uh, out of mine, and okay. instead instead putting uh, in the same stable, uh, Taiba. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is uh, always a you know always a, a great time uh, of year. It's always such a such a it's a, right. It's a, it's a harbinger of uh, good weather and summer and so much fun things uh, that are coming our way. And so uh, it's it's uh, going to be a great race, I think, on Saturday, the 148th Kentucky Derby. That's Rick Wolf, SVP again of uh, Business Partnerships over at Spotlight Sports Group. Catch him on Sirius XM, Colton and the Wolfman. Rick, thanks again for being with us, man. Really appreciate it. All right, cheers. All right, and that's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. So thank you to all of you also for listening in with us here. For Rick, I am Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.